I interviewed the best carnival experts over the last three months to create the ultimate guide for you to start carnival the right way, troubleshoot side effects, and best of all, get some butter boobs. And obviously, if you're a guy, you don't need butter boobs, or maybe you do, but I would watch this video right to the end to convert your vegetarian girlfriends. I, like many of you, was converted by Dr. Ken Berry, but when he said to eat fatty red meat and butter, I was just thinking, I'm gonna get fat, I'm gonna get a heart attack. I even think I hated beef. But it wasn't until I met the fabulous Dr. Elizabeth Bright, who said this one thing about how to start carnivore the right way, especially for us women. For women, recommend a high fat carnivore diet, or at least more fat than added fat, as opposed to just ribeye, because of my experience with women having hormonal issues. So the fat, we make our hormones, our steroid hormones out of the fat we eat. And if we don't eat any fat, we can't do that very well. So as you heard, fat is so important because it helps with menopause, libido, and the mysterious butter boobs, which we'll discuss later in much more detail. And after speaking with Dr. Elizabeth Bright, I switched to high fat carnival. But even I spoke with Kelly Hogan, and she was saying that she had so many issues before going carnival. When I didn't follow a carnivore diet, I was obese, had anxiety, some depression, horrible leg cramps. I had frequent boils, inflammation, uh, pain in my sternum called costochondritis. So I think if anyone is looking to try to solve any problem with why am I feeling so bad? An elimination diet is a great way to do that. And so many people do eliminate everything and come away from it realizing, oh, it turns out I do feel better when I eat only or almost only meat. So I think it's just worth finding out what you could feel like without all the junk. So when you're first starting carnival, you may want to know how much protein you need to eat in a day. Because I see so many carnivores eat these massive ribeyes, eggs and bacon. But especially for women, that can be too much protein. So I just went to Dr. Elizabeth Bright to ask her, what is a good starting point for protein? Oh yeah, I'm not really the numbers person. Um, so in my book, I write that, you know, a minimum of a, gram of protein per kilo of body weight. But that is really the high fat, high, high, high fat, anti-inflammatory month that people with hormonal issues like menopause and hot flashes, not due to menopause, menopausal symptoms that they say are due to menopause have because their adrenals are causing vasomotor issues, hot flashes, etc. That is when I say to go as low as one gram per kilo. Otherwise, then I increase it when people are more on a regular feeling better. So I would I usually have a healing program of 80-20, 80% fat, 20% protein. But then afterwards, people will, I just talk to somebody who feels like having more protein in some meals and more fat some other meals. So it's, again, you want to get to the point where your body knows what it wants and what it wants is the good stuff and not the carbohydrates, which confuse the whole picture. 
When I first heard about this amount of protein, I was thinking that is so low because we've all heard the old saying, one gram per pound of lean body mass. But I really think what Dr. Bright is saying is correct, moderate protein. And the funny thing is, Kelly Hogan says exactly the same thing. I mean, you can ask experts all over the world and researchers and you're gonna get many different answers. But I'll tell you one of my most favorite researchers in this carnivore community is Amber O'Hearn. Amber spends a great deal of her time pouring through research on ketogenic diets, on just protein in general. If it is anything carnivore, and plus she's been carnivore um, about as long as I have. I think we both started 2009. So we're both about 13 years. So she's lived it. She works with people. She's gone and stayed uh, with the PKD folks. She's done her research there. She knows her stuff. And when she says something, she typically says, I'll tell you based on everything I've looked at, this is where I am right now. And she's been at this spot now for years. 1.2 grams of protein for every kilogram of body weight for women. 1.4 grams of protein for every kilogram of ideal body weight ideal body weight for men and if she feels very comfortable with that i do too now is that lower than some people say absolutely is it higher than what dr boz the internal medical doctor annette bosworth it's higher than what she says but i really think that amber has spent she's passionate i also know her heart and she really cares she wants to be people to be so safe the people who give numbers much higher than that do not usually back it up with the actual research. It's usually with phrases like just to be safe and abundance of caution, which is good. If people can handle protein, I think the real answer is eat as much as you tolerate well. And look, I get it. If you don't want to track measure calories, who has time for that? Dr. Wiedemann recommends a very simple way to start off the right way with your protein. There's no manual right? Who knows? Who actually could write, this is how much protein you should eat, or you should eat, or I should eat. There's there's nothing out there. So for me, it comes down to you, you, you have to, first of all, be carnivore, adapt to this way so that your body understands it's not getting all that garbage carbs anymore. And so you have to really think about how you're, how you're feeling and what's your weight doing? What's your health doing? Are you off all your meds? Are you rid of all your diagnosis? Probably easy to say there's a range, you know, where under this would be way too low and over this is excess. But what's that range for each person? It's so hard to determine. I personally am too lazy to count calories, to track anything. So I just do beef, butter, bacon, and eggs. And funny enough, it automatically makes it moderate protein and higher fat. And the results have been phenomenal. And the funny thing is, Dr. Robert Kiltz does the same thing. I eat fatty meat. I eat eggs, bacon, butter, cream. This is why I just, I just focus on this. And when you eat like that, you're satiated fast. So you're not eating three meals a day and I'm hungry, hungry, hungry. I eat one meal a day in general and I focus on fat. Let's chat about fat. That rhymes, <laughs> I didn't mean for that to rhyme. But I was fascinated to know how the fat that you eat 
actually gets rid of the body fat from your fat stores. Because it sounds weird, right? I'm eating so much fat and calories. And by the way, we're gonna go deep into the calorie discussion later in the video, but how does all this fat make me lose fat from my body? So I just went straight to the experts to ask, how does this happen? The fat is anti-inflammatory. So if you have inflammation, and you're, that's usually because you're overweight, because you have inflammation, your hormones aren't working properly, your adrenals are freaked out, and your body's holding on to weight because it sees weight as a source of energy. So when you can make the body not feel that you are under stress, it will let the weight go. So eating the fat lowers cortisol levels, allows you to access your fat stores because the inflammation is reduced, and that's how it works. So I hope that makes sense. And I know if you're just starting carnivore, it can be so confusing to know how to start the right way. And that's why we created the ultimate four week fat loss course to give you all the information in a simple and structured way so that you can get results. And if you're already carnivore, you can get support from our carnivore experts on our monthly membership group, and you can troubleshoot, ask questions, and get support from all of our OG Carnivore members. All the links are in the description down below, or you can just head to our website, 5minutebody.com. Now let's get back to Kelly to learn why the fat that we eat doesn't make us fat. I listened to a podcast on this topic the other day with Dr. Andrew Huberman on body fat loss. It didn't talk about this the entire time, but the explanation was detailed and it was three hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> It's, it's not an easy question, but what Amber says, I'm going to refer to her again. Also, I just listened to her yesterday and I was like, dang, that makes sense. But she talks about how when we do eat dietary fat for a lot of women, it gets our hormones in a state where we are able to utilize fat as fuel. We are fueling with fat and our hormones balance. And when that takes place, she says, there are women, this doesn't mean every person, but there are for sure, I know them, I, I am one of them, that loses body fat more when we eat dietary fat and we get into a higher state of ketosis, whether you just feel it or you're measuring it in your blood. And that that point, losing body fat occurs. My body fat is very consistently, according to the in-body, that's like the kind of bougie scale that you hold on to and stand my body fat has dropped ever since going super high fat so is that a guarantee that that's what everybody needs no there are people who lose fat um, on their body when they go leaner but I think it, it should really be based on how does that feel like when you eat fat does it feel so good do you light up or you're like yes I love it. I sleep better. I feel better. In which case, I would say you probably should eat that fat. So eating fat lowers the inflammation from decades of eating the wrong diet. And even Dr. Wiedemann was saying there is a difference between if your body is going to burn its own fat stores or the fat that you're eating. That whole thing, whether the fat that's going into your mouth versus the fat that's on your body is getting used has a huge amount to do with your current metabolic state, either your recur current metabolic disordered state, your insulin resist resistance versus insulin sensitivity, your cortisol, your sleep, your activity. There's so many factors. So I hope that makes sense, but what doesn't make sense is why my background has changed. 
And that's because I'm here in Venice celebrating my partner's 40th birthday. And I also wanna show you how to follow a carnivore diet while traveling. So if you wanna check it out, make sure that you subscribe. But let's get back to the conversation about how much fat you need to be eating because that's a tricky one and it really depends. How is the health of the woman? It really depends. If someone is perfectly healthy, they can go 75, 25. If they are lifting weights maybe and doing a ton of exercise, hopefully not too much in order to freak their adrenals out, I could say the lowest they could go would be 60, 40. And even Dr. Wiedemann says exactly the same thing. I know for me, staying at about 70% fat to 30% protein does me really pretty good. It keeps me in a, pretty much a steady low level of ketosis. I feel good. I feel mentally clear. I feel I'm not lethargic. I'm out lifting weights. You know, I'm walking an hour every day. So perhaps try 70% fat and 30% protein. And I know it can seem like a lot of fat, but trust me, once it's on the plate, it's not that much. And for me, you know, I just love my straight up butter. I can just eat this day in and day out, but I know from many of you, you can't eat butter all the time. And that's why I went to the experts to find out what else can you eat apart from butter. There's bone marrow, there's tallow. I've been getting ribs, beef ribs, and after I cook them in a crock pot for hours and hours, there's meat, fat, and collagen, right? So I chill it, I separate the fat, then there's the collagen, there's the gelatin stuff, you know, my husband makes like soup. And then I add, then, then I have a bunch of tallow, or you can get suet and you can make tallow. I don't find suet very appetizing as a source of tallow, but I do use it for creams. Other sources of fat, lard can be a source of fat, obviously. That used to be one of the main sources of fat in rural America until they forced people to use Crisco. So on a fat fast, I'll eat whipped tallow. So I buy like Wagyu beef tallow from the Chicago something company, and I'll whip it like heavy cream, and I put it in these little molds, and I'll I put those in the freezer. I'll eat those. I go to the butcher and I ask for fat trimmings from the ribeye. I put it in the air fryer or I dehydrate. Have you ever had dehydrated fat? Carnivore candy, baby. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, dehydrated beef fat. I'll do cod livers are 92% fat. Bone marrow, beef tallow, pork lard. You can even get weird things. You can get camel fat. One of the other easy ways is Go to your local butcher, or even Costco sometimes sells those big, fat, thick slabs. Over here, in the regular grocery stores, it's really hard to get like slabs of, or a big slab of pork belly, but that is so awesome in itself to cut, fry up, eat that. It's got a great ratio. You don't have to add fat to that. And to be honest, I really haven't tried all that many fat sources, but if you have, please let me know what else is good apart from butter in the comments. But there's also another tricky topic, which is about calories, because you hear some people say calories matter or calories don't matter on a carnivore diet. But that's why I wanted to ask Dr. Bright what her opinion is on calories. I don't know if calories don't matter at all. Um, I think that the emphasis of fat makes you fat is wrong because fat is People have always said fat makes you fat because it has a higher, it, a gram of fat has more calories than a gram of carbohydrate and a gram of protein. So 
um, I think that when our blood sugar is balanced, we naturally have a self-limiting diet. We eat until we are satiated. The thing is that you cannot be satiated with carbohydrates because they always make you want more. I don't find people overeating ever if they are eating carnivore or high fat carnivore because it's self-limiting. So the calorie picture is sort of confused here, you know? So that is the basics out of the way, protein, fat, and calories. But another very controversial topic for women especially is fasting. Because you hear some people say fasting is great for women, fasting is terrible for women. So what should we be doing? Because even I am confused. That's why I just went to the experts to ask them their thoughts on fasting. Well, some people fast and it's really easy. When you say mm. fast, I'm going to assume we're talking water fast or dry fast, no food whatsoever. And some women do it really easily. They lose weight. They don't gain it right back and they feel good. And they say, everybody should fast because you feel euphoric. And then the rest of us are like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what? Um, if you try water fasting or dry fasting and it does not feel good, I think that is a very good sign that your body is not wanting that and it can be incredibly stressful and it can have negative results if you were ever a binge eater it's all part of the cycle restrict and binge restrict and binge so i would do it very i would be very hesitant to ever tell a former binge eater you should restrict your food for the next 24 to 48 hours uh, so i do not water fast however i fat fast and i love fat fasting meaning i only some days i only eat fat with a very minimal amount of protein on those days. And I feel the euphoria that I think other people say they feel when they're water fasting. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's easy. I feel energetic, I'm happy. If, if that's the case, if that's how people feel water fasting, please do it, that's great. So there is this thing called fat fasting. I've tried it and loved it. I'd love to know if you have tried it, but I also wanted to ask Dr. Kiltz, what was his thoughts about fasting? especially for women. And is it necessary to fast? It's not necessary, but when you empty the bowels, the glyco glycobiome, the sugar layer, the glycan layer heals, the epithelial level levels layers heal, and your body reduces inflammation. So should we be fasting? Should we be fat fasting or intermittent fasting? The question really comes from you. How do you feel when you're fasting? Do you feel irritated, anxious, tired, depressed? All these are signs that maybe fasting is not quite right for you. But I wanted to ask Dr. Bright what her thoughts on fasting for women were. No. Why? Fasting is stressful on the adrenals. And if you're trying to lose weight, you're just gonna make your adrenals think you're in danger and they'll make you gain weight because they'll kick you in the butt. They don't want you to fast. I recommend um, three meals a day. I recommend if somebody has to balance their blood sugar, they may need two snacks as well. Uh, it's what they're eating. It's not how, right? You, your body expects you. Our, we have a diurnal cortisol rhythm. We wake up in the morning, cortisol is supposed to be high. Um, some fat at that time is important because you'll crash if you don't have uh some fuel which is fat but fat, fat, uh, fat is a better fuel so for me personally i don't do that much fasting 
And I know that my members on the Five Minute Body Club, they don't do any fasting and they get incredible results. Okay, back from Venice. Now, the next part of this video is talking about the six very common side effects that women always complain about and how to fix it. Plus, a very funny thing right at the end. Now, so many women say to me, Rena, I'm on 80-20 Carnivore, I'm following your advice, but I'm still not losing weight even though I'm super strict. Now, this one is really, really important because sometimes it's not just about diet. And even Dr. Bright goes into what else it could be. And you need to definitely check your thyroid function and adrenal function because your thyroid um, is our metabolism. It makes energy and the adrenals also make energy. So if, as I said before, if there is an adrenal issue, if the body is in a constant stress state, which if the person was diabetic, it certainly was, diabetes is associated with hypothyroidism, um, I think that would be there where they should check. See if their cortisol is too high to allow them to drop weight because their body is constantly in PTSD or their hypothyroid. But that's not the only reason why you might not be losing weight. So I asked Kelly Hogan and she gave me 10 more reasons why you might not be losing weight even though you're doing 80-20 carnival. Now, you know how detailed Kelly is. She gave me the full explanation, so I would listen to everything that she said because it's pure carnival gold. I do think that sometimes there are underlying issues with thyroid and just hormones in general. I think super high levels of stress, chronic stress day to day, or stress that occurred and was never dealt with, high levels of trauma and cortisol, all of those things I think keep our body in like protective, I'm not losing a thing kind of mode. Um, if people have already tried some of these things, I would then say, okay, I would really encourage you to get some lab work done and I can tell you some things that we're looking for. Uh, and some of it is not gonna be what your doctor says is just normal. Normal is not always good because normal people these days typically can't lose weight like that's normal we want optimal um danny conway is one of those people who is really good at checking lab work and finding optimal okay but some things that i have actually seen help um for some people increasing fat while also decreasing protein just adding more and more fat to a big steak does not usually result in, in weight loss both things have to occur typically lower protein higher fat um, I have seen seafood be dramatically helpful for some people with butter. I'm not talking like people say, but seafood is lean. Yet you can have your butter and ribeye fat on the side. I'm saying have some seafood. If you've never, ever, never really tried having it, it's worth seeing how your body responds. Some people tell me they hate seafood and next thing they know they're eating it every day because they crave it. The omega-3s. When that's out of balance, some people have a really hard time losing weight. If you don't get any vitamin D for hormone production, vitamin D is huge. Go outside. If someone tells me diet alone isn't doing it, I'm not losing weight with diet alone. Okay, well, there's two huge components that are very helpful when combined together. And it's diet change and exercise. I do think that if nothing else, if you increase your lean muscle mass, automatically, mathematically, your body fat percentage goes down, right? Your body fat percentage is down because now you have lean muscle mass and your chances of living longer and having um, 
and avoiding broken bones and avoiding dementia and avoiding depression, everything gets better. Also, some people find that they lose weight easier mm. when they have less, when they have more muscle mass and less body fat percentage, it just tends to go down quicker. So I think it's worth working out for a million reasons. But there's a reason that diet and exercise have always been touted as hand in hand. Um, okay. Sometimes if people have gut healing issues, they say they're eating 80-20. They're like, I'm eating all of this fat, but it's it's actually their body isn't responding because they're not absorbing it. So sometimes they have to work on some absorption issues first, um, either that with lipase and ox bile being sort of the over-the-counter or get with a practitioner who can really help with some gut healing because as long as your fat's just going straight through you're not really eating a high fat carnivore diet chewing really really well helps some women to actually absorb their nutrients because the enzymes in your saliva help break it down um, if you are not having bowel movements regularly i have some women who have benefited from castor oil i'm pointing here because you tend to rub it like right underneath the right rib cage where your liver is for a liver detox and also it helps women to start eliminating more often which you know some people feel much better if they go every day or two versus one to two times per week but there's some places i would start also i think from a mental standpoint finding a way to deal with some stress whether that is some really good breath work some quiet time each day, some meditation. Talk to the therapist about those 10 skeletons in the closet that you never want to think about again. And that every time you do, it takes your breath away and your body clenches. That's not resolved. If you feel it in your body, your body is still hanging on to it and likely your cortisol is up. And people underestimate stress. I've worn CGMs for probably seven months before and the highest spikes I ever got were not food related. It was stress. A, the car alarm went off, spike from not getting good sleep, from somebody startling me, a really bad fifth grade class at school. <laughs> All of these things affected my glucose more than carnivore food ever did. So, you know, it's more than just cut out the carbs for some people, but that's a really brilliant starting place. Now, another big issue, especially with women going carnivore and going zero carb, is that they can't sleep, or they wake up in the middle of the night complaining they can't fall back to sleep. Now, this is a very important point. Ask yourself, are you 100% carnivore? That is very, very important, especially if you're suffering with bad sleep. And even Dr. Weedman says, our bodies don't want to be in a state of sleep deprivation. So taking away all the toxins out of your world, and I'm going to harp on this one, coffee, huge, huge culprit. You know what coffee does? People just think, oh, it's coffee. Everybody drinks coffee. It's a pesticide. It's a toxin. It messes up with your, your microbiome. It raises your triglycerides. It screws up your adrenals and your cortisol, messes up your sleep. It is so not good for you. So even decaf coffee can mess up your sleep because at the end of the day, it is a plant toxin. And for me, I just, I can't take out my coffee. It is my vice. But then I also asked Kelly Hogan, what are more tips to fix our sleep? And she said the number one cause is... Because they're under eating. It is the number one cause from, I've talked to some really smart folks who study sleep and they say, under 
eating is one of the primary causes. Sometimes it, it's other things like they're having um, a cortisol spike in the night or glucose drop and these things. If they're drinking any alcohol at all, that will cause um, glucose issues during the night as well. A lot of women who are struggling on carnivore are not drinking alcohol though. Um, having a little bit of fat right before bed. A lot of folks have heard Dr. Bright say that advice to have a tablespoon or two of butter right before sleep. And so many women have told me it helps. So I think that is worth trying as well. Um, some people who say they're struggling with sleep on a carnivore diet are just needing less sleep, but they feel really good. I hear that a lot too. If that's the case, you feel good, but you only need six hours. I don't I don't panic about that. But if you're waking up over and over and you're tired, I would try eating a little more. And you can also try adding animal carbs right before bed. And that's like cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, eggs, um, organ meats, scallops, oysters. All of those have carbohydrates and it does help some women to sleep through the night. Now, another big thing that affects sleep is hot flushes and night sweats. And there is a thing called bedtime butter that I learned from Dr. Bright and it helps lower your cortisol levels just before sleep to calm you down. But don't just take my word for it. Let's see what Dr. Bright has to say. Eat, eat fat during the night. So a uh, hot flash is a vasomotor reaction. So I had hot flashes before tests when I was 15. Nobody would ever say that I was perimenopausal, which doesn't exist, that I was menopausal. It had nothing to do with, right? I'm having my periods, I'm a teenager, but I would wake up with sweats if I was freaked out about a text and a test the next day. This happens all our life. So it's a stress response. So the cortisol is, instead of being gently produced from two in the morning till its peak at between seven and nine in the morning is having this jagged thing because also in the night we process the crap we went through during the day. So if that stress hasn't been affrontado, I'm forgetting my English, addressed properly, um, then you're going to work it out in the night and that's why you're having hot flashes. So amazingly, eating a little bit of fat just calms that down because it lowers cortisol. Now, another thing that can ruin your sleep is leg cramps. And I know for me personally, I tried everything when I first started. Electrolytes, salt, no salt, and nothing helped because you need to check. Oh, check. I've seen a lot of cramps and adrenal. The soleus muscle in the calf doesn't get, there's something called pooling people who are, have messed up cortisol levels. So the feet will cramp and you'll have a charley horse, charley horse and the soleus muscle in the back of the calf. And I've seen that a lot. It doesn't matter how much, it's not really, it's not an electrolyte thing. It's a, it's more of a, uh, not enough hormone getting to that area. Now, sleep out of the way. Another main issue that we can suffer when we first start carnival is bloating and fatigue. And let me just tell you, I suffered from this for months when I first started Carnival. And thank goodness I spoke with Kelly Hogan because she explains why we feel bloated and fatigued and how to fix it. Okay, um, if they're brand new to Carnivore, 
I would look into the idea of oxalates. Maybe you're just getting rid of all the junk that was in there before. If you were to sip on some black tea or green tea, it can help slow down the oxalate dumping and give you a sign of whether or not that's it. If it doesn't help at all, that probably wasn't it. Could be histamines. Um, if people are eating a lot of leftovers, a lot of ground meats, canned meats, smoked meats, aged cheeses, all of those things so high in histamines. And some people go high fat carnivore and suddenly they're eating tons of canned cod liver aged cheese that's fine for me but i don't have a histamine issue so i would look into that if there's any seasonings at all dr chafee would definitely say look into any plants that are still left and some folks it's as simple as black pepper they cut up black pepper and suddenly they're not bloated oh if you're still including dairy and egg whites those are two of the most allergenic foods on the planet whether you're carnivore or not i would try doing life without the egg whites maybe not even eggs at all and without any dairy for a little bit too, to see if that helps. Okay, this one is hilarious. What do you do when you start carnivore? You've lost the weight, but you've lost your boobs. You don't need to do a boob job. You can save your money. You need to- Go high fat carnivore, they'll come back. The butter boob thing, that's uh, the, the tissue. I mean, what's happened when I did it, um, I, f I had, I breastfed three children and I had these floppy little, you know, saggy baggy things. And then I went high fat carnivore and they came back. So, and I was in my fifties. Oh my God. These things called butter boobs. It sounds like high fat carnivore can just cure everything. But I did want to know from Kelly Hogan, has she heard of these mysterious butter boobs? I have heard of these elusive butter boobs. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. And I know I've seen some women who eat high, high fat and I, even my group members will sometimes say, you know what's cool? I'm getting like this beautiful curve. I have not really experienced that up top yet, but it might, maybe it's starting. I don't know, maybe it's starting. I am fairly low body fat wise, like 20, 19 to 21% is about where I stay uh, according to the in-body scale. So, and that's with me eating, like I'm telling you, I am eating a lot. And my face tends to show it if I get too low, I can see it like sunken eyes. I just don't look as good. So I feel like my body weight right now is where it wants to be. And it's been here a, a pretty long time in this ballpark. And maybe I just have small chest. Thankfully, Rena, it's fine because I am married to a leg man. All is well. He doesn't care. So let me know, have you experienced butter boobs, more curves from doing a high fat carnivore diet? And let me know anything else I might have missed in this video. But if you want to check out the carnivore diet for men, that's coming up very soon. So make sure that you subscribe. But thank you so much for watching and I'll see you next week. Bye.